Good morning, I'm Anna Marie, and it's time again for Focus. Today we're going to talk to someone who impacts thousands and thousands of lives right here in Middle Tennessee. It's Nancy Kyle, the president and CEO of Second Harvest of Middle Tennessee. Welcome! Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Anna Marie. Appreciate you having me on today. So as president and CEO, does that mean, Nancy, that you don't really do any of the, the hard work? You just kind of sit in an office somewhere? Well, I certainly have an office, but I will tell you, I am president and CEO only because I have so many amazing people on the team. Mm-hmm. There's about 125-ish people that are working every single day to make sure that our community has the food that they need. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also have amazing volunteers. And so I get to do everything from all the Zooms that everybody else gets to do. I get to do strategic planning, but I also get to be out there and I sort food and I deliver food. And I get to be out with the with our partners that are making a difference. There are boots on the ground day in and day out. Yeah, I see. I I knew that. That's why I was just messing with you. Like, I bet you just sit there in the office. Nancy is one of the hardest workers that I know. And let's just tell people, first of all, because you've kind of said what Second Harvest does a little bit. What is Second Harvest? What do you do? And what does that mean? Our mission is to feed hungry people and work to solve hunger issues in our community. Okay. Our community are 46 counties across Middle and West Tennessee. And with the pandemic, we have about 450,000 individuals that are food insecure for a whole variety of reasons. You know, with the pandemic, there's families that everybody lost their job. There's no more income. There's health issues. There's all sorts of things that are impacting people. And these are people that want to put food on the table for their family, but there are extenuating circumstances. So what we do as a food bank is we source food from everywhere and anywhere we can get food. We get bring that food into one of our distribution centers and our amazing volunteers help us sort that into the right boxes. So mm-hmm. you want beans and beans and rice and you want people want to know what they're getting. Mm-hmm. And we work with 460 partner agencies across the 46 counties, and they get the food. So they decide we have a site where they go on and pick the food that they need for their community. And um, then we connect people in their community. So you can go on our website, and and a, there's a tool called Find Food. Mm-hmm. Or you can text 797979, uh, feed 797979. And you can, on your phone, and you can find a location, one of our partner agencies, right in your neighborhood if you are in need of food. Oh, wow. So a food bank, basically, is you're getting deposits from all over, and then the withdrawals go to people in our community. Absolutely. There are 200 food banks across the United States that all fall under the umbrella of Feeding America, which is the largest hunger relief organization in the United States. Oh, wow. And so, but the great thing about this is um, there's Feeding America, which is what I can kind of consider a parent company, but there's 200 of us all partnering together. Mm -hmm. And so if you think about Tennessee alone, we serve a little over half the state, but there are four other food banks that also cover the rest of the state. And we work collaboratively together to make sure that we do everything we can to bring in as much food as we can and the funds that we need to operate successfully and to ensure our neighbors have that food. Mm -hmm. Um, There's nothing worse than thinking about being a mother or a father and saying, I don't have food to feed my family. Mm -hmm. You know, no child should, no child should go to bed hungry. What is food insecure? Uh, It basically means that it is an individual that does not have access to enough nutritious food to live an active, healthy life. Whoa. So they might have food, but it's the cheap stuff that 
is not healthy, perhaps. That, or they may have food sometimes, but not all the time. Mm -hmm. And when you think of all of us, I mean, how could you come to work today and Mm -hmm. do this job if you don't have food and fuel to live? If you're a child and you want your child to learn, think about if you're, you know, think back when you were a child, if you didn't have food, you know, you get, or even today you get kind of grumpy or -hmm. you get foggy. I mean, we have to have fuel. It's such a basic need. We all have to have that fuel. Plus, you have to have that nutritious food because you don't want to be sick. We want people to not be in hospitals. Mm -hmm. And if you are and you need medication, you've got to take medication with food. So you kind of it it just touches every part of our life. Again, we just think about it. It's such a basic necessity and um, people should have access to the food that they need. If you're just joining us, this is Focus. I'm Anna Marie, and we're talking with Nancy Kyle, the president and CEO of Second Harvest Food Bank of Middle Tennessee. You mentioned kids and food and hunger. How has COVID and the pandemic affected kids? Because I know a lot of kids had breakfasts and maybe lunches at schools, and now we've been out of school. So what's going on? Are you seeing more families in need reaching out to Second Harvest for help? or? Yes, our numbers are across the board have gone up 40, 45% across oh, the board. Wow. So the numbers are huge. Wow. Um, uh, the real numbers are one in eight people, which is, and one in seven children are food insecure. Mm-hmm. So that, those numbers are big. But as it relates to children, we immediately, like for example, in Nashville, we have a great relationship with MNPS. Metro and Nashville Public Schools. Thank you yeah. for that. We partner with them every single week and we distribute food boxes. So in the past, when the kids are in school, if the, the child needs food, they would get a backpack. Like you said, they get breakfast, lunch, you know, that depending on the school district. But we would um, make sure the schools have um, these backpacks that they could give out to the children. But with the pandemic and then no one's in school or even if they're in school, they we've got families that are quarantined. They're at home. It's a whole family impact. Yeah. And so our partnership with Metro Natural Public Schools are food boxes. So there's dry food, there's protein, there's dairy, there's a mix of different types of food depending on the week and the day and the location that we've been doing for an entire year every single week. Some weeks there could be four to six locations. Right now there's 14 different locations every week where our families can go get food for their for their children and for the parents alike. Because not only are people quarantined or still trying to stay out of stores often, but the fact that it's just harder to get food, even if everything is still fine with your job, with your employment, it's still harder to get food. You're having to figure out ways to have it delivered and there are extra fees or so I know that's got to be putting a financial strain on families, uh, a financial strain as well as the kids not having that food at school yeah and transportation in and of itself has always been an issue for people if you you know I I have stories of people I've met that need food and they tell me their stories they've got five kids and they're trying to figure out how to get food and take a bus and on and on and it's a five-hour adventure I mean who when's the last time you had five hours extra in your day to figure out how to get food Mm -mm. you know one of the things that we started during the pandemic which I, I feel is is going to continue because transportation is such an issue we have been Uh, delivering food to people's homes. Now, we've been able to do that because of amazing partners like Amazon. We're partnering with Lyft, and they're delivering food. But what happened just two weeks ago when we had the snowstorm, uh, the sheriff's department 
shows up. They call it. We call and say, we need some help. How do we get food to families? Because you can't, you're not going to be on the roads. And we had 20 sheriff's cars and deputies show up and pick up 200 boxes of food that day and delivered them during the snowstorm. Wow. And they helped us again last week and they're helping us again this week. Again, it's just to make sure that our neighbors have food Mm -hmm. um, and the right kind of food that they need. Now, they're just doing shelf-stable boxes because they put them in their cars and they deliver them and they'll drop them at someone's doorstep. Mm -hmm. But um, the partnerships that we have are what make the work we need to do possible. Yeah. Speaking of all the people who do help make this happen, how do you get those people into your, your circle Everything we do is about relationships. Mm -hmm. So everybody that works at Second Harvest is uh, about connecting with anybody and everybody they know. (laughs) Um, Because you can get engaged in so many different ways. So you may be involved with a church group and you invite your church group to come and do a mobile pantry or come uh, sort boxes at one of our locations. You may know someone that has mentioned to you that they have funds and they'd like to support something important and Mm -hmm. What's more important than making sure people have basic needs? Mm -hmm. So and typically many of the people we serve, there's usually something else that they might there might be a need. And that's why we work with so many partners across our 46 counties. So if they're maybe homeless and they need to connect, we will get them to the right partner. If they you know, if it's um, uh, uh, abuse or soup kitchens or senior care facilities or child care, whatever it mm-hmm. is, um, it could be that they just need rent assistance or whatever. And we've got partners that that's how they work with their clientele. But guess what? Those people also need food. Mm-hmm. So they're a distribution point for food. And that's why the work we do is so connected to the community. Um, we do a lot of social media, but quite honestly, our outreach is just to individuals, businesses, foundations, um, mm-hmm. anybody that, and everybody that, that cares about a next-door neighbor, uh, a friend at work, someone at church. People don't walk around and say, I'm food insecure. No. And you don't know if your neighbors are. And so that's why we want to make sure that we're out there letting people know that there's nothing to be ashamed of if you're food insecure and that we're here to help. And there's a lot of other partners out there. And that's why we try to make it in your neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So instead of saying, well, you've got to drive 30 minutes to get food. Where are you? What's your location? Here's somebody nearby that we can connect you to that will have food. I have a neighborhood group on Facebook. I'm a member of our neighborhood group. Am I allowed to get food from Second Harvest and take it to my neighbors? Not in that particular case, because we there is food safety uh, things that we have to make sure that uh. we monitor. And it depends. So each of our partner agencies have have different foods. So there are some. So think about maybe a small church. They may just have food boxes, so shelf-stable. But even with shelf-stable food, how it has to be stored, where it has to be stored, is there's compliance to that. If you are doing, uh, let's say, any kind of dairy, milk, mm-hmm. uh, frozen meats and stuff, obviously you need refrigeration. Mm-hmm. So we make sure that we have partners that can deliver and uh-huh. hold that food safely. Yeah. Um, now, what you can do with your group is you can do a food drive for us. So you guys can collect food. We can give you like the top 12 items that we need. Mm-hmm. You can collect that and um, get that to the food bank and that gets sorted and that goes out to our neighbors. Okay. Okay, good. Yeah. So there's ways to I, get involved. I like how you flip that around there. <laughs> That's very good.
I was just going to say, are there requirements? Do people have to fill out paperwork? Are there specific income requirements? Do they have to do things like that to to show that they are in need? There are on some, some of the USDA food that we get, but that is all taken care of at um, a local local level. Um, but right now we've got 15 EFBs throughout um, Nashville. Which is? And, uh, excuse me, emergency food box site. And I would be more than happy to give you the list of those locations, oh. like Martha O'Brien. We have a number of them where you can um, go get um, emergency food box boxes at any point in time so that they're open. You just swing through yeah, and get yes, a box. Sir. Yes. Okay. That's uh, like that person I was telling you about, Breakthrough Nashville. Who does that? They say a, a box for every trunk. You drive through, they load it in your car, and you keep driving. Because I think some people are embarrassed. Yeah, I think there's two things going on. So before we used to have what when our with our partners, uh, we'd have people would come in and we try to think of it choice. So you kind of are shopping. You're kind of picking out the things that you need. Mm-hmm. With the pandemic and social distancing and masks, Whoa. most everything has turned into a drive-through. So you drive up with your yourself or your family, um, and you pull up, and we how many people in your, how many family members do you have? And we pop the trunk and put boxes in. We even did over the holidays at Second Harvest with our staff, uh, we purchased uh, uh, some turkeys and hams, and we got a donation. So we did a food distribution there where we would come find out, and they got to choose between a ham or a turkey, and then they got a dry food box and some other uh, wonderful nutritious items to go with that. So when we get those kinds of donations, especially, especially during the holidays, yeah, you know, we try to do that kind of stuff. But every, every partner that we work with um, will operate just a little bit differently depending okay. on their structure and, and, and what they offer to the community. So for, for, so, for example, if you go in through a women and children's shelter and they're hooking up with Second Harvest to provide food for those people as well, they may have a different procedure. And, and they'll have food boxes to, to give to people. To give. Uh, we have some hospital pantries. We do school food pantries. We, there, a lot of times when it's kind of think about not everywhere, but most places that have food that they're getting to people that have needs, uh, we're usually their partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what our role is, is to be in the community, to source that food. And I, I mentioned to you earlier, when people donate a dollar to Second Harvest, we can provide four meals. And that's because of the combination of the, the 220 grocery store partners we have. So we get a lot of our food donated. Mm-hmm. And then we have to purchase quite a bit of food also because what you get donated in may not be all the food that we need. Right. Um, and so there's that combination of how do we use our funds and the donated food to get it out to our partners. And you mentioned hospital pantries. I, I like the fact that where people are having a hardship, probably a financial hardship as well, that Second Harvest would be affiliated with that. That makes so much sense because I've had friends who were in the hospital long term. Their families are struggling. They're staying there day and night in the waiting room. And we've, uh, as some of my friends, we would take in food for the people in the waiting room, for example. But to know that they also need food when they go home. Yeah, that's the big thing. Like at Nashville General, we started a partnership with them years ago. They've been just terrific partners. And so they've got a uh, food pharmacy. And so to your point, when you leave, you probably leave with some type of medication and some type of need. Yeah. So when we send, when not we, when they send you home, 
send you home if you've said that you have if you're food insecure they ask yeah. you a couple of questions you leave with food because it's so critical yeah. i mean what would be worse you being sick we send you home you have no food no. you might be right back the next day and the goal is to not have you back the next yeah. day and to send you home to where you have food so you can take your medication and get healthy. And rest and take care of yourself yes. and not try and figure out how to make a right. shopping trip. Because can you imagine how stressful it must be if you have to think about where's my next meal coming from? Mm -hmm. That will consume your entire brain when you need to know you have food so you can worry about other things. I spoke to someone recently with another nonprofit or a charitable organization, and they were talking about the fact that there have been studies that show when you're worried about your food, your shelter, the basic necessities, it's like your IQ goes down because you're you're not even able to kick in that side of your brain that starts thinking about the future or maybe getting your GED and furthering your education. You can't even go there. You're just living. You're it's just all trying to consuming. Live. Could you imagine if right now we're hungry mm -hmm. and we're worrying about and, and then, of course, if you've got children, oh, that yeah. exacerbates it all. And so you're hungry and you're trying to figure out how am I going to feed my child when they get home or after school or whatever. And, and oh, by the way, what type of shelter do we have? So you think about food, clothing and shelter. I mean, they're just so basic. Mm -hmm. um, and if you have to worry about all those things, just you're not you're not living the life that you should be able to live. Mm -mm. And you're not able to show your children how life can be if you're just struggling just to keep food on the table. You're not able to go, well, you are going to college. I know right. there are some families who are like, you're going to college. That's that's a given. That's not even on the table. Nope. And I've talked to many, many people that have shared their stories of trying to complete either college education or, or a number of different things that they want to accomplish and the and the distraction of having to worry about how am I going to get food and how do I also get that next level education mm -hmm. so I can do something different and provide differently for my family. Yeah. There's a lot of people, they have multiple jobs. Yeah. And if you've got multiple jobs and you're worrying about all of that, mm -hmm. yeah, that's the reason I love the work that I'm doing. I don't like to, I, it's horrible to know that people are in that situation, but if I can be any small part of helping somebody else, that's why we're there. People that work at Second Harvest are there because of the mission. They care Mm -hmm. So much. You you would love everybody that you meet. You'd walk in the door and you would love everybody working at Second Harvest. They are so passionate. Mm -hmm. um, it's funny. We've got these amazing drivers that drive these giant trucks and deliver food all over the city. And when I talk to our partner agencies, they'll say, well, so-and-so is my driver and so-and-so is my driver because they, they these are people that care about the mission yes. that are out there working with them. And so you you asked me earlier about how do we reach out to people it truly is the the passion um, and the advocacy of the the staff at Second Harvest. You know, I always thought actually that that would be how I met my husband to be was volunteering because I had I had discovered that that anytime I was volunteering like at a uh, at Second Harvest or with Salvation Army or so someplace where we're do there everybody's doing good. You walk in, everybody's smiling. They're happy. They feel purpose and they're convicted that they are trying their best to do something good in this world. And they're wonderful people. They're wonderful, wonderful people. You're all there with the same goal. 
Yeah. You want to do something different. And, you know, for us, when you come volunteer at Second Harvest, it's hard work. I don't mm-hmm. want anybody to think that you're, you're sitting around waiting for a job to do. You have a job. <laughs> but when you leave, we tell you how many meals you help sort. Nice. Because those meals then will immediately go out into the community. Yeah. So you can, and we have, we'll have a lot of corporations that will come in and they'll work. Some might be in our sort room. Some might be in sorting our frozen meat. Some might be doing backpacks. They all get very competitive about how much they sort and <laughs> how many people they're feeding. Um, it's just pretty special yeah. um, because it, and it is, it's a very active volunteer mm-hmm. um, opportunity for pugs. How do people volunteer? And can you just do one person or do you need to have a minimum of, of group or something? The easiest thing to do is to go on our website and, and look under the volunteer section and at all three locations. So here in Nashville and Rosa Parks and Metro Center in uh, Smyrna and out in Camden. We have three facilities and you can pick where you want to go and you can sign up. You can sign up for yourself. You can sign up with a group of people. It could be, you know, we have some people come, the same group of five ladies will come every so often. Uh, we even do Thursday nights. You, we do family night and children as young as six can come and they do backpacks. Mm-hmm. And they do it with their families. And it's hysterical to watch the kids go, Mom, Dad, hurry up. I mean, they're so it's so cute because children at a young age get to learn how easy it is to give back. Yeah. And they get to do it with their family. So it's it's really depends on what you want to do. Our shifts are about two and a half hours long. And um, like I said, it's, it's hard work. But we also have opportunities on um, on our farm. So we have people out gleaning on the farms or working, working the soil, cleaning things up to make sure that we can grow crops. And we glean that with partners and we bring that food back to the food bank and, and get it out to our partner agencies. So gleaning means getting... Uh, gleaning will go whatever crops they give us to pick the, the fruits, vegetables, potatoes, whatever we're getting. Oh. And that comes back to the food bank. Okay, yeah. so uh, so I'm a farmer and I'm growing what tomatoes? Could whatever you're growing, and and, and then I go, I'm not going to use all of this. So second harvest, come on out here. It we, yeah, we set up partnerships with them. We we just don't have people call us randomly, but we have ongoing yes. uh, partnerships with some farms where our volunteers will go out there and help glean the food. But mm-hmm. we also there are times where you're having to fix the field so they can do more crops so it's oh. it gets dirty work but if you want to know where the food's coming from yeah you know where it's coming out of the soil people are people are growing it and people are sharing that food with second harvest you know one of the things i love uh nancy is how collaborative the nonprofits in middle tennessee have become because i've been in radio a long time and i've been interviewing nonprofits for a long time and it, and to be honest it used to be that there were so many nonprofits kind of doing the same work and they were all kind of scattered and like, we're doing our thing and here's how we're doing our thing. And they would bring in someone and say, I'm going to give you food. But then that was it. And I love that Second Harvest Food Bank of Middle Tennessee has all these partnerships where you can see if you also need this help, we can refer you to get this help. If you also need, th- because usually that there's a reason People are food insecure. There's a reason they're having a hard time putting food on the table because something else is wrong. Something else has gone bad in their lives. And I love that you are collaborating and helping them get their entire life better. Not just like, here's the box, go on and do your own thing. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's the magic of Tennessee and specifically Middle Tennessee. We are food. That's what Second Harvest does. We're not going to try to be anything else. So when... 
we see an opportunity or we get a call from one of our partners um, or there's any situation where food is needed, mm-hmm. all they need to do is make a phone call. We'll help figure it out. Yeah. We're food. Yep. And we know other people do other. I mean, like you said, the nonprofit community here is amazing. Yeah. And it is just especially through what's happened with COVID. I mean, there would be phone calls and things were taken care of the next day. I mean, yeah. who who gets 20 sheriff's deputies out to pick up food and deliver it in the community? Nancy Kyle does, ladies and gentlemen. No, it's this, it's this community. There's just good people out there that care. Yeah. And they may not be able to do certain things, but if you can find out how people can connect, mm-hmm. people are just willing to do it. And we try to make it as easy as we possibly can. I agree. Our listeners want to do good and sometimes they just don't know where to start so we're very big on well here's where the need is and here's how you can help and speaking of let's let people know how they can help second harvest food bank of middle tennessee if they want to go out they can volunteer they go to your website which is secondharvestmidtn.org so they can go to the website I think you're on Facebook as well. Seems like oh. I've looked you up all over Facebook. Facebook, we're on Twitter. Yeah, we're definitely out there. Instagram. Um, we've got the the thing that we're is really important to us is we've got a great staff that's really telling stories, mm-hmm. the stories of the people that are impacted, but also our partners. Because mm-hmm. again, we can't do it without our partners. But it's so easy. We look for people to volunteer in a number of different ways. Like I said, that's on our website. If someone in is in need, or if you know of someone that is in need, find we have find food tool on our website, mm-hmm. and then we also have the the text where people can find out in a specific location. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love people to donate money. Mm-hmm. Every dollar provides four meals, yeah. and uh, we also love it when people um, do food drives. So if there's a food drive you want to do in your community and people do all sorts. I mean, we've had children have done food drives for their birthdays instead of gifts and brought food to us. I interviewed one kid who had who was doing that. that that's amazing. I loved it. Yeah. The other thing that you can do is, you know, and this has really grown in popularity with COVID is you can do a virtual uh, food and funds drive. So you can do it. It's all online. It's all set up. We get you set up online. And let's just say you and I want to do it. We're going to have a competition or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's just about raising money online. So people are making donations online and you get to see how much money you're raising. And then we equate that to how many meals that you've helped. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of businesses that do that. They'll do competition between different departments or floors. We church groups do it, women's groups. I mean, there's so many different ways that you can get involved. And the, the website again? Secondharvestmidtn.org. I do want to add the fact that in the news feeds that pop up a year ago with the tornado and a year ago with this and that, Second Harvest Food Bank is very, very often mentioned that apparently you guys have provided hundreds of thousands of meals in the past year. To these people who are affected by the pandemic, affected by the tornado, affected by natural disasters, the flooding, all of the things that we got hit with in the past year. Second Harvest has been there. Yeah, we're right around 40 million meals. 40 million. It's <laughs> a lot of food that goes out the door to the people that we serve. How many a week? Do you know? I think I've saw that. Wasn't on, it? On the pounds, we're doing, uh, we were doing probably in the six, 700,000 pounds um, prior to it, depending on, on a week. But now we're doing, uh, we've been doing over a million pounds a week of food that goes out. Wow. So it, it's, it's a lot. It's, you think about Second Harvest, we are logistics. There is a lot of logistics that go into yeah. the work that we do. 
Um, we've got a you know fleet of 19 trucks and all sorts of vans and box trucks and stuff that get that food out there to the community. Anything else I've neglected to ask that you think is important to add? I think the only thing important to add from Second Harvest uh, standpoint and from my standpoint is a huge thank you. <laughs> um, without our donors and without our volunteers, we absolutely could not do the work that we're doing. Thank you. Nancy Kyle, the president and CEO of Second Harvest Food Bank of Middle Tennessee. We're going to put all the info on our Focus Facebook page, all the links, so you can take part and you can help out as well. Make sure you join us again next week, please. I'm Anna Marie, and that's Focus.